And let us pray. Gracious Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world, evermore give us this bread, that he may live in us and we in him, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today we're going to look at one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And so to set the context, turn in your Bible to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, and we'll read verses 1 and 2. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to set the context for what's going to come, we have these two verses. Jesus is sitting and eating with a bunch of sinners and tax collectors. Tax collectors and sinners are outsiders. They're looked down on by the religious establishment. Tax collectors supported the oppressive Roman government. They were seen as traitors and unclean. And that word sinner was the word used to talk about someone who intentionally disobeyed God. And in the ancient Near East, if you ate with someone, that was a sign of hospitality and friendliness. And all the religious people, the scribes and the Pharisees, they began to mumble and complain. Why? Because they can't believe that this Jesus is friendly with those people. And in response to their mumbling, Jesus tells some stories to better explain the heart of God. And in this chapter of increasing intimacy, he tells about a shepherd who loses one of his 100 sheep. And then he speaks about a woman who loses one of her 10 coins. And then we have this story about a man who loses one of his two sons. But those of you with children know that each one is special. So really, this is a story about a man who loses a son. And let's read verses 12, excuse me, verses 11 through 24. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. 
I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and his family. So they began to celebrate. The son asked for his inheritance. And by doing this, in this culture, he's treating his dad like he's dead. The son is saying, Dad, money is more important to me than you are. And as I was reading this week, one person said, the first people to hear this story, Jewish people, they would have been deeply disturbed because this behavior violates the commandment to honor your father and mother. But surprisingly, the father fulfills his son's request and he splits up his estate. And when the kid gets his share, he packs up and moves off. Why? Why did the son leave home? Why did he decide to leave? And why did he do this to his dad? As you look at the page, you're going to see that we're not told anything specific. But when we look in our heart, we know the reason. He was looking for freedom to do whatever he wanted. This son wanted to be in control, to go out looking for a better life on his own, one that he could make on his own away from his dad. And he went out looking for freedom and control in what he thought was a much better life. So he packs up and he moves away. Far away. And when it comes to you and God, when it comes to me and God, doesn't this sound like the story of our lives? When it comes to us and God, doesn't this story sound so Familiar because it's true. The son packs up and he leaves for a distant place looking for freedom and control and a better life. And when he's there, he quickly burns through his money through wild living or riotous living. Or one translation says, loose living. And then there's a famine. So he goes from wild living to living out in the field with pigs, eating worse than the pig food. And the first Jewish listeners, they would have been disturbed by this wastefulness that the son loses the inheritance. And they would have also been thinking that sometimes, sometimes, famines are a consequence of disobedience. They would have been thinking about Isaiah 51 and Jeremiah 14 and Amos 4. 
But the prodigal begins to work for a Gentile and to tend pigs. And remember, in the Jewish culture, pigs are a symbol of uncleanness. And this prodigal son, he's so hungry that he longs to eat the long pods that the pigs eat. Do you remember how he was when he left? He was so sure and so confident. He went out looking for control and freedom and a better life. And he was confident and sure and persuaded that he would find it on his own. But he quickly finds out the complete opposite. Instead of freedom, he's just trying to survive. Instead of having control, he has none. Zero control. And instead of finding a better life, he hits rock bottom. And all of this, all of this, is the perfect picture of our lives when we live our lives far away from God. Just like the sun, we go out looking for freedom and we find the opposite. But the sun finally comes to his senses and in the Greek it can mean to repent. He remembers that His dad's servants have more food and a better life than what he has right now. And so the son decides to confess his sins against God and his family. All in the hope of being received again at least, at the least, as a servant in his father's house. This is repentance. And this year, as we've read through the Gospel of Luke, I hope that we've all seen that for Luke, repentance has two steps. That first, people who repent turn away from the brokenness and injustice and violence and disobedience of the old world and their participation in it. And secondly, they then turn toward God and the restoration of the world that is underway through Jesus. Now, the point of this story is really simple. All who repent are welcome in God's kingdom. The son decides he's going back home to confess his wrongs to his dad. And then this may be the most amazing part of the story. Because remember, this is a story about a loving parent. The father sees his son while the son is still a long way off. And the father runs to his son. This is not typical. This is not normal. The head of the house in this culture did not run. But this isn't a normal story because the father is moved with compassion. What that phrase means is that the father feels the need of his child and he responds. And then the father embraces and kisses his son. He accepts the son back before the son can even speak a word. This is grace. And then the father orders a robe, a sign of prestige, and a ring so the son can put the family seal on important documents. And shoes, that's a symbol of wealth. This is restoration. The son is fully restored into the family. He has all the rights and all the privileges of a son. Not a servant, but a son. 
And then there's a celebration. They bring out the fattened calf. Now, when we hear that, we think about big steaks. But when the first Jewish hearers heard this, they pictured the final banquet with God. That celebration of the establishment of God's rule. When everything will put to rights the way that God intends. In this story, we see that the prodigal son had become like a Gentile, a traitor, a sinner, lost. Lost in a way that is to be dead. But now the father, who the son regarded as dead at the beginning of the story, resurrects the son. Because this is new life. This is resurrection. And so what some of us need to hear today is that Jesus still reaches out in love to you and wants you to make a response to that love. He waits for you to open your heart to that love so that He can give you forgiveness. Because that's the greatest moment in all time for God. When one of His children says, I've been gone too long. I've tried it my way and it's not working. I'm going home. So if it's time for you to turn to Him, you can begin by simply saying a prayer like, Lord, I want to be close to you. I'm coming home. But there's more to the story. Let's read verses 25 to 32. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The, old, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The older son is working on the farm when he hears music coming from the house. And then he's told that his younger brother is back and he's being welcomed with this extravagant party. And the older son becomes angry and he refuses to go in to the house. So the father goes out to the son and pleads with him. And the first hearers of the story, they would have remembered the words that God spoke to Hosea and Jeremiah when God pleads with Israel to return to him and to be faithful to the covenant. The older son reminds his father of the long and obedient service on the farm. Yet you've never given me as much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. 
then the Father says something. And this is my absolute favorite verse in the Bible. You are always with me. You are always with me. Do you know what that is? That's God recalling that promise to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. That promise of the covenant that says, I will be with you. And almost, almost every time that's said, God is promising to redeem Israel or to work for her good. And then the Father says, and everything I have is yours. It's like the Father saying, just because I'm welcoming back your brother, that doesn't mean that you, it doesn't mean that you have lost anything. Every promise is still in place for you, but son, Dear son, I need you to know that your younger brother has a place at the table. This is opportunity. This is a chance to be welcoming, to make things right. This is reconciliation. And the story ends with the brother still standing outside the house because the ending is up to you. Will you join the celebration and multiply the joy of the gathering and add some life, add some life to the party? Or will you stay out? And do you remember why Jesus told this story? Because the scribes and the Pharisees grumble. Hey, isn't that what Israel did when they were in the wilderness after Moses led them out of Egypt? And the scribes and the Pharisees, they grumble because Jesus is eating with sinners. And when Jesus eats with tax collectors and sinners, it's a celebration of those people returning to God. In the same way that the party for the prodigal son celebrates his return to the Father. God is throwing a welcome party for sinners and you're invited. Everyone is invited. We can't forget that because our mission as the church is to be a community that welcomes outsiders and sinners and celebrates their coming to God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.